I want to see the individual empowered. Uh, I'd like them to have control over their destiny. This is HPG Engage, the podcast. On our podcast, we will give you insight into the minds and professional experiences of thought leaders in Australia within the healthcare space. Welcome to HPG Engage, the podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking all things genetic testing. We feel that genetic testing is the next level of wellness and in turn, the empowering of patients. We know this because fitness apps downloads in Asia-Pacific alone grew by 47% during the first half of 2020, and the global Apple Watch business grew by 75% in the third quarter of 2020. So it's safe to say that the culture of understanding our own health data is growing. We're interested. We want to know and share our step count, understand our heart rate, monitor our sleep, and measure blood oxygen levels. So if you had the chance to take that health information to the next level, would you? Genetic testing gives you a more accurate prediction to allow for better patient management. But what exactly is it? How does it work? How much does it cost? Is genetic testing an expensive pipe dream for the everyday consumer? Or is it the opportunity of our generation to understand more than ever about our own health? Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. George Mushniki, CMO of Genetic Technologies. Good afternoon. Dr. George, as you told me, you prefer to be called? Yes, good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, equally as excited to be on this terrific uh, podcast. No, thank you. Thank you very much um, for taking the time. I know you're a very, very busy man. Um, So I think the best way for us to start off this podcast... um, is just for you to give us a quick overview of genetic testing. What is it? Why should people be interested in genetic testing? And a bit about your background and how you, you ended up here. Sure. So, look, I'll, I'll start with my background first, and uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the genetic testing. So I'm what we call a clinician. So I'm a medical graduate. I, I studied in Australia, in Melbourne, Australia, at Monash University. And then I progressed to uh, have a career in, in general medicine. And in the States, we call this primary care. And in Australia, it's general practice. And I enjoyed that very much. And uh, it, it was my uh, dream, actually, to be a medical person and practice modern medicine. And unfortunately, it didn't take long till I realized that the type of medicine that I was practicing was really an after-the-event medicine, so that uh, it was still not where it should be when when you talk about modern. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so in 2004, I left clinical medicine and started working with new technology. And uh, we formed a group with a few other people, a legal person and uh, and other advisors, a, a few investors, and we worked with stem cells and then we worked with uh, genetic engineering, which is very different from genetic technologies, mm-hmm. and uh, then drug repurposing. And uh, roughly two and a half years ago, one of my colleagues uh, called me, and I was in retirement at that stage, enjoying life uh, overseas, basking on an island, (laughs) you know, lying on my back, looking at my phone. (laughs) And he said, uh, genetic technologies um, uh, might be in a bit of trouble, and uh, they might be uh, looking for uh, some new leadership. Uh, Are you interested in getting involved? And 
when I looked at their data and I looked at the the subject matter, it got me really excited. And uh, awesome. another disclaimer is that my mother was actually the first geneticist in Australia. That's amazing. So when I was a 10-year-old boy, I'd be sitting in the lab at the Royal Women's Hospital cutting out the chromosomes and sticking them on a piece of paper. <laughs> Little did I know that I'd be back in genetics, but obviously that imprinted something in me. And of when course. I, and, 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 and then I, I joined the team. And two and a half years ago, we were a company that was really looking for direction and, and we had very little money in the bank. And we had one product, which was a, a test for predicting your risk of developing breast cancer. And yet the, the, re, the area of genetic research was just exploding. The, the amount of information which was being uncovered and its utility, its application, was, was really extraordinary. So what, what I could see was that this was an area where there, there was a combination of medicine, science, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. So it was a mixture of IT and medicine. And, uh, and even more important than that, the, the full coding of the human genetic code, which yeah. uh, occurred roughly 20 years ago, uh, also opened the door for a lot of further discoveries. And, and the, so the genetics is essentially now able to do three things. It's able to predict, it's able to diagnose, and it's able to treat. And my specialty is predicting disease. And the reason it's exciting for me is that the medicine that I practiced was an after-the-event medicine, and it was very good for an after-the-event medicine. It was as good as it's going to get. Yeah. Uh, but to, to really to practice um, the ultimate form of medicine is before-the-event medicine, and, and that was the attraction for me. So you, you have to understand that in my role as a general practitioner, it was not unusual to say to someone... You've got six months to live. You should really get your affairs in order mm. and spend quality time with your family. And and it became a, a very a frequent uh, discussion that you would have because sure. that was the way we practiced medicine. Yeah. And then things started changing. The government introduced screening programs like, uh, let's say, pep smears, um, mammograms, uh, chest x-rays, etc. And suddenly we started being a little bit proactive, a little bit not so much before the event, but early detection. Yeah. Right? So we went from the disease announcing itself to us uncovering early disease. And, and today, what I love about genetics is we are predicting accurately. Mm. It's a powerful tool. And we are predicting your risk of developing a disease, not so much today, but in 10 or 15 years, which means that the individual now has time to, to look at their lifestyle, look at their environment, and take control. Um, that, that is totally, that's a very good point that you made. It's, in retrospect, you were kind of on the reactive part of healthcare, but you realized that you wanted to be on the more proactive side, um, trying to, as you say, predict what's, what's going to happen. So as a baseline, if I was to be tested this could mean better healthcare for me moving forward a more personalized healthcare suited to my particular genetic makeup what is the rest of the healthcare system like compared to compared yeah. to you guys are, are they up to speed are they aware of it are gps in general aware of it it's a mixed bag and and yeah. i think that the way you introduced it is the right way to describe it and so this is a personalized 
precise approach mm. to your medical needs. And and the system, and um, you know, I, I'm not. I hope I don't sound like I'm critical. I'm actually very no, proud of this system. It's just that the evolutionary path continues. So what what I'm describing today was revolutionary 20 years ago. But it's an after-the-event process now, and, and, and the excitement is that the next phase is now starting to, to come into play. Um, I, I think that the, the personal part of it is very different from what we've been experiencing. So the, the system till now was a one-size-fits-all. So we would use something like age to determine whether it's time to start screening, yeah. rather than your, your specific risk and, and uh, your profile. Of course. So we can do this now, and we can do it by looking at the code. And, and the way these tests were developed was that we looked at the genetic code, and there's three billion or so bits of that code, so it's, it's, it's quite an exercise. Mm. And of course, how can you ever work in any meaningful way uh, on, on a complex project like the human body without a code manual or an almanac? And, and this is what the discovery of the genetic code did for medicine. It created a new, precise, personal approach, and, and you can see the results already. So now, Every person is, is assessed according to their family history, which is still a very powerful tool. tool. Yeah. Their genetics, which we now realize is at least as powerful as family history, if not more powerful. Yeah. And whatever else is relevant to that disease. So let's say with breast cancer, we'd be looking at mammographic data. Um, with things like diabetes, we'd be following your blood sugar and other yeah. sophisticated blood tests. So we, we incorporate old and new to create better um, solutions, which are, um, you know, every every uh, saying we, that we we are taught as children are about early 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 prevention, early detection, better outcomes. The yeah. stitch in time saves nine, and so on. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 we're applying this in medicine now, and. You know, I love going to lectures when they talk about the latest monoclonal antibodies and they can cure cancer where cancer could never be cured before and it's a million dollars a treatment and so yeah. on. And that's really great. But, you know, I'd rather be in a system that never gets to that late stage. I love them developing all these wonderful million-dollar technologies. But, I, you know, I'd love to control this with lifestyle and yeah. diet. And I'd like to empower the individual and and that's that's the real big story here. There's so much information online. The individual who's interested can acquire the knowledge themselves, and they can become quite an expert in their specific area of need. And I, I would love to see a peer-to-peer -peer support system where people who've had the disease or had the risk of disease then get involved and help other people who are going to be in that situation. So I'd like to sideline the medical uh, profession um, from its current role. Yeah. And I'd like them to be more of a companion, a bit of a companion diagnostic, let's say. And I'd like the, the, the center of knowledge to be acquired by the individual. And then we work with them in a partnership way yeah. to, to create the strategies moving forward. So to summarize what you say, <laughs> you need the code to create the product. And then once you have the product, then you can see how to use it best. And I'll, I'll throw in a few other tidbits. And that is yeah, this sure. technology is moving three times faster than Moore's law. And, and the costs are decreasing uh, brilliantly, exponentially. And, and that was a major hurdle. 
our test used to be three thousand dollars. Yeah, and and you could see that y you weren't guaranteed that the right people would be getting these tests. Now, uh, our tests in Australia are roughly three hundred and forty-nine dollars per test, and we'll be doing a lot of promotions this year post-COVID to introduce them to the public and demonstrate how well they work, and, and demonstrate genetics as as a whole yeah, industry. The types of tests that we can offer are, are two types, and, and I think that it's worth mentioning, mentioning that now. Where there is family history of disease, we're looking for certain genetic markers. Where there's no family history of disease, and this is a completely new area in medicine, in brackets, it's, a, it's called polygenic risk score, where there's no family history, and, and there are clues in your code, we are able to uncover risk. So, in, you know, um, there's a lot of foundations and so on, philanthropic groups that collect and for different uh, purposes and so on. And when you go to their websites, you can see that they're looking for meaningful solutions. And and the the group that's always addressed are the group that has a family history. And in some ways, it's easy. There's a family history. Yeah. There's something there. There's a red flag. And and where we've we failed till now, and it was not a topic that was being discussed, is where there's no family history. And I'll give you an example. In breast cancer, 85% of breast cancers occur in people who have no family history. <laughs> and these people tend to sneak under the radar. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this, our technology or the technology and the fact that it's now so affordable and so accurate means that these people that have got so much to live for um, and their families and their friends and their employers and employee friends uh, all benefit from this type of information. More importantly, the health system benefits from this and because we can then create infrastructure which is consistent with our needs. Yeah. There are some genetic tests which are currently being subsidized by the government and they have already been recognized as being very powerful tools. And I'll mention some of these and we offer these as well. Yeah, you touched you touched on um, the, the subsidizing aspect and you talked about there that how the price of your genetic testing was around $3,000. You've been to these conferences where people are talking about these million dollar testing that they can do which obviously the everyday person cannot afford used to be three thousand dollars what what is what is the price of of your testing at the moment and and um, what are like some of the myths around um genetic testing that you can kind sure. of dispel um for people so the price of the tests and and uh, so this is where government subsidies come into play where there's family history um, and you meet certain criteria, the government will pay for what we call germline testing. This is very similar to the BRCA story that, if you may recall, Angel Angelina Jolie had a BRCA gene yeah. abnormality, and she decided to have preventative surgery. We call this prophylactic surgery. So she had surgery before disease developed, and that's because her particular mutation gave her a risk, a breast cancer risk of greater than 50%. Yeah. And um, so these tests uh, are currently subsidized by the government, and they actually cost uh, around twelve to $1,400. And the government will pay for $900 of that, dollars of that price. 
And okay. um, and certainly um, uh, any doctor who, who works in high-end cancer management will advise accordingly to the patient and the patient's uh, immediate family. The other group that's not subsidized is where there's no family history, but perhaps in the future it will be. What we're doing is we're lowering the price to make sure that it's not it's a hurdle. Yeah. And currently it's $359 in Australia. And, that's and, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's, that's, when you think about that, it's, it's around a dollar a day for one year, and it gives you an idea where previously you had no idea. And these tests are also available for colorectal cancer, uh, heart disease, um, prostate cancer, yeah. diabetes, and we also have products for drug selection, so mm. things like, we call that pharmacogenomics. We use your DNA to select the best drug to manage that process. I, I better slow down a bit, unless you have some questions. That's all good. Um, but the, f the, the pricing of, of your product, that's crazy that it's that low because I imagine a lot of people listening now and people in, in general public will assume that the price of genetic testing is going to be a crazy amount. And if you think about it, it's it's less than an Apple Watch, you know what I mean? It's that's less, right. It's way less than than an iPhone, Yeah. Um, which, is, which is amazing. And, it, and it, it speaks to our healthcare system and it speaks to the development in healthcare that something so important of this magnitude can can be so low in price and affordable um, to the everyday person. So that's that's commendable to you guys. And, sure. and I'll tell you another evolutionary development. So um, so we mentioned Moore's Law, which is how quickly uh, technology evolves. Yeah. And uh, so in, in my time uh, at Genetic Technologies, we've gone from uh, machines that test 300 separate points on your DNA and now we can test a million points on your DNA yeah. faster at a lower cost. So y y you can see that we will deliver those efficiencies to the community. And it won't be long before you'll go to your doctor in your 20s or early 30s and you'll have one test. And that test will cover all major diseases, uh, drug susceptibility, and we might even throw in some paternity <laughs> and a little bit of ancestry. But th the bottom line is it's, it's going to be a simple, not even blood, it's mm. just a little swab that you, you, you rub on your gum. And we call that a buckle swab. So it, it removes another hurdle, which is people who are adverse to having uh, blood taken. And stuff, yeah. and the future is bright. Yeah. Yes. And, and look, the, the truth of it is a lot of people have a lot to live for. And uh, if, if there's a painless way to decrease your risk. And uh, look, now that I'm 64, I, I've had a lot of experience in medicine, but nothing was as confronting as being a patient. And I can tell you now, if you can avoid being a patient, that's oh, yes. that's the best advice I I've can been give a you. A few times, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so look, whatever it takes to avoid being a patient, that's what you need to do. Exactly. That it's probably a, as better position as you can be in without being too dramatic, especially if you've been a, f a free spirit and, and 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 never had any experience with disease. And all of us are like that to a certain extent, or most of us are like that. And so f for me. Uh, there's no other type of medicine that I'd be interested in at this stage of my career other than preventative health and precise personal solutions. So um, th this is kind of um, what genetics brings to our story now. I love that. Um, as incredible and insightful um, genetic testing is going to be for patients, what are the negative 
effects that this may bring? For example, can health insurance companies take advantage <coughs> of this information and and be a little bit more expensive for people to afford that? If, if there isn't a chance of a patient developing this disease, do you think healthcare companies can take advantage? Because you have to be very truthful with healthcare companies. Very health, true, yeah. very true. Look, health insurance companies. number one, I, I hear this a lot. Yeah. And a lot of people want to know what happens to their insurance and, and their overall sure. personal sort of status once, once they're identified as, let's say, high risk. Just remember, for every high risk, there's going to be 10 or more low risks. So there's, there's good news and mixed news. We never say bad news because when you know someone's high risk, you automatically turn into a lower risk than they were before. That's it's when you don't know high yeah. risk that you've got a time bomb ticking. Uh, back to the insurance. Number one, you can't be discriminated against if you acquire life insurance up to half a million dollars. You don't have to disclose. From a health insurance p perspective, you cannot be discriminated against. Uh, so you, from that perspective, you're covered. And from a life insurance, up to half a million, you're covered. If this is something that causes you grief, the individual grief, get insurance before you get tested, and then it's, you're covered. They, you cannot be discriminated against. Um, uh, because it's not a pre-existing condition, especially our tests, which are predictive. You don't have the disease. You may have a different risk to the one that you thought, but you don't have the disease and you can't be discriminated against. Um, we, we are going to be having discussions with insurance companies. We would like to create policies which reward people for having genetic tests. And we believe that overall the insurance companies will come to the party. So uh, I, I'd like to say that this is uh, essentially not a big issue. And mm. if anyone has problems, call me. <laughs> I'll get personally involved. Right? I, I, I'm not going to let these people get away with anything. That's good to hear. But uh, I'm saying it from a very safe position because I, I know that most individuals are protected. I, yeah. I can't say categorically all, but it probably is categorically all. I feel like that's that will give people um a sense of relief. Yeah. Um hearing that. That actually leads into a, a, another question that I have. How far away from genetic um for genetic testing do you think this is going to be quite normal within healthcare? How far away do you think genetic testing is going to be just a standard procedure within yeah people's GP visit, for example? Well, smarter people than me have told me that 2019 was the big tipping year for our space. Yeah. Typically, I'd say that with, with a new type of uh, area in medicine, there's probably a five to 10 year period for uptake. I think COVID has really changed that. I think someone like Angelina Jolie has really changed it. Um, I, I think that people are now looking for answers. They're not being... They're not relying on passive information. They're actively educating themselves. Yeah. We're actually going to be creating a lot of content, both for doctors and for patients. And um, look, on, on top of that, uh, I think that it... it the, so let's say what's happening now is there is testing before your child is born. So it's called prenatal testing. But politically, it's only been designed to look for diseases that relate to the prenatal condition. Yeah. And then you have artistic predictive testing, which politically comes in at about 20 or early 30s. What will happen is that uh, as this technology becomes more and more 
sophisticated and accurate, we'll be able to extrapolate from our da data and that information that will be given to the parents before the child is born will probably contain all that information that we're now giving to you when you're 20 and 30. So I think that in an ideal world, every child will be tested. Uh, we won't go into the politics of uh, how this is going to be interpreted, but it, I think it's going to happen. And I think they'll be tested for adult diseases as well. And in brackets, in a perfect world, um, there'll be uh, some sort of a genetic process, probably around what they call CRISPR, uh, which is an, a gene editing system, software system, which is developed by viruses and has been uh, stolen by us because they didn't have IP. And um, these will be tools that we'll be using to edit your DNA. So where there's genetic risk, I, I think that early detection, early management at the 8-cell stage or 16-cell stage will be fantastic. That's, that's my dream. Uh, well, um, just for people listening, what, what is that stage? Uh, when the, when the sperm and the egg get together, okay. and um, initially there's one cell, then two cells, yeah, eight okay. cells, and on and on. In that early stage, you can intervene very easily and modify the DNA. And uh, so I think that this is going to be uh, something that the future will, will deliver. But let's say, that rather than talking about my pipe dreams, let's talk about the, the reality. The reality is we, we can do a lot of these testing in, in the newborn or at that time. And just because of the way data is allowed to be presented, we, we, we'll probably will continue to present it in people when they reach young adulthood. And I think it'll become a routine test in the next five years. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that certainly these costs, it's the, the risk reward, the cost reward there is going to be so high and you're going to get so much information, everything from whether you should take an aspirin or not and what sort of skin care and so on and so on, that it, it'll just become a, an a irresistible technology and and government has to hop on here because it, it it's depression it's mental health it's heart disease it's blood clotting it's yeah. it's it's, it's inflammation everything. it's cancer it's all these diseases what's the platform it's genetics and 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 this is this is why there's more papers being written on genetics uh, now than probably uh, most other diseases uh, most other areas combined yeah. i wouldn't say combined <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of papers being yeah. being published now. Um, how can health healthcare professionals find out more information um, to both educate themselves and and their patients? Look, and and because this is a new area, um, and th there isn't a lot of targeted educational material, we're currently working with the Australian College of General Practitioners to create the first module on genetic testing where there's no family history. Uh, we, we, built, we think it's going to be available uh, for GPs as part of their uh, points training scheme. Uh, I think it's mid-April to late April. And uh, there'll be a lot of educational material which we'll be putting on our site, which is, so we, our company is Genetic Technologies and our retail group is um, uh, the, the drug sales, uh, the testing sales group is gene type. So it'll probably be in the gene type website, which is genetype.com.au. And I thought I'd just throw that in there. Awesome. Um, and I know you slightly touched on this. Um, um, so I'm just going to ask it again so you can give like a more um, concise answer. What are your personal hopes 
um, for the future of genetic testing and how does this somewhat align with genetic technologies? Well, I, I, I want to see the individual empowered. Uh, I'd like them to have control over their destiny. I need them to have more information about uh, non-pharmaceutical um, ways uh, to manage their risk and improve the quality of their life. So, you know, my motto is uh, live longer, feel better. So it's not enough just to live longer. It's it's also to enjoy that. Exactly. And and you've got to, you've got to have everything in place to to make it work. The body is a wonderful. It's a wonderful tool. Uh, if it's serviced, looked after, and uh, we, we know the weaknesses, we know the strengths, we know how many people will get cancer, and now we can actually identify those individuals. And, and the key is I don't want people to be scared about risk. I want them to celebrate risk. The new heroes are probably going to be the surgeons. Uh, I, I never studied surgery. I, I was more of a physician type. And they will be able to create a 100% cure. And early detection does deliver that, and genetic risk prediction allows you to detect early. So it, it all makes sense. It's, it's all very simple, uh, and um, it's ready to go now. Uh, your, you, if your doctors uh, aren't using these tests, then um, look, there'll be ads and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, social media to uh, guide people to where they can have these tests. So awesome. th th this will become uh, quite mainstream. That is amazing. And I just want you to just give me a quick little insight into your, your new product, your new test that's coming out, the yes. COVID-19 test, which have been made aware that it's going to be launching in the States very soon. It's interesting that we've just spent, I don't know how long talking, but we didn't even talk about COVID. And, and, <laughs> That's and pretty this impressive is, if you ask me. <laughs> this is how fantastic genetics is. So um, we, we launched our, so this is our breast cancer product, predicts your risk of breast, sorry, that's colorectal cancer, and that's our breast cancer risk product. And we launched these just when COVID sort of hit, hit the newsstand. And uh, we, we couldn't get into the clinic, and it was very difficult to convince people that they should worry about anything other than COVID. And we looked at uh, the COVID story, and we looked at the DNA of people who became profoundly ill with COVID, and we were able to identify these people through testing. And we developed this product, and uh, we developed it in record time. And uh, so with, with all respect to our chief scientist, uh, Dr. Richard Allman and his team. And uh, not only that, we got a, a, t a deal with uh, what we call a mega lab in America, IBX or Infinity Labs. And they've got the capacity to do 150,000 tests a day. So what oh. they're going to do is be, they're going to offer these tests to anyone who has a COVID test. And what that means is that if you are particularly prone to serious disease from COVID, then you need to be very aggressive in terms of social distancing and isolation, mm -hmm. early vaccination, early hospitalization, very aggressive antiviral, anti-inflammatory therapy. So the way we managed the pandemic, which was very similar to the way the pandemic was managed in, uh, well, I think it was 1917 during the, the flu pandemic, Honestly, yeah. was through social distancing and in this case, the vaccine development. Um, if we were able to develop this test earlier, we could have identified who needed to be isolated and who is likely to be one of the 44% or 50% that don't get particularly ill. Yeah. And it, it, meant, it would have meant that 
emergency workers, health workers, policing, food services, and so on, you wouldn't be putting people at risk. And human resource is a very important resource, and we don't want to do that if we don't have to. On top of that, we could have perhaps considered a herd immunity as an alternative if a vaccine couldn't have been developed. And what I mean by that is, you're low risk, it's okay to be infected. And that, and that immunity then stops the spread and stops you from yeah. being that spreader. But that we couldn't have this, this discussion because this was not available before. The way IBX will be using this product, again, is to identify people who need precise personal solutions to their risk. If you're high risk, immunize the priority. If you can't be immunized for whatever reason, you, you may have some allergies or other diseases, then you need to distance um, in, in a very professional high-end way. Yeah. So th this is a wonderful test. And, and the Americans uh, have got a way of achieving low cost through volume. I believe they'll be offering this test for sub $100. That's good. And so this really empowers the individual and gives them confidence. And I can't travel overseas because I, I don't know my risk. I don't yeah. want to put that on my family. Yeah. I'll be one of the first people having this test. If I'm low risk, then I'll start traveling again, as an example. Awesome. So that's, that's um, kind of what we do, and uh, these are the solutions that we provide. And like I said, heart disease, diabetes, every disease that has got a genetic component will be managed better. Perfect. And just for the listeners, just to, to wrap us up, where can, where can they find information about your company? Yeah, with pleasure. With pleasure. So we are Genetic Technologies. We're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. Our code is GTG in Australia. We're also listed on the NASDAQ. Our code there is GENE, G-E-N-E. That's a great name. I wish okay, I had that. <laughs> uh, perfect. And from there, all the information will flow. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you very much for taking the time to, to educate us in genetic testing. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.